Why men kill? The focus on mass shootings in America by white men makes for good propaganda, but behind the politics is the implicit claim that murder is caused by white racism, white misogyny, and white xenophobia. When spelled out, the claim is obviously nonsense, but in the heat of the moment, when people are dead from another mass shooting and anger and angst is felt in equal measure, a target is needed. It makes for good theater to blame the white guy, but it results in poor policing and even worse justice. However, the narrative does betray a problem but not the one the media publicizes. The issue of mass shootings is not an isolated problem. Even were we to be gullible enough to think all mass shootings are the result of angry white men, mass shootings are not the only or even biggest issue the nation faces. It is however the one that can be pushed most effectively. It is the one with the best sound bites. This essay is not about the left's mindset. We are not going to dissect the left's hatred of the right. The topic is why people kill people and what we can do about it. Admittedly there is something odd about a person who decides to slaughter a group of strangers, but let's not kid ourselves that this is unusual. Mass shootings are wars, without the blessing of a government. What ought to be more perplexing than a man killing strangers is the killing of family members. We assume these familial killings are done in the heat of an intense argument. This is not always the case and even if it were, killing as an emotional outburst does not suffice to explain the enormity of the deed. We may think we understand why a drug-crazed junkie will kill to get the funds for a hit, but why not kill the drug dealer and take his stash? Then there are gangs that systematically kill members of other gangs, for territory. What this tells us is that there are other things people's value more than human life. Perhaps this is one of the problems, many of us think human life is highly valued, or ought to be. It's not a universal sentiment. The passion that has been exhibited with which overturning of Roe v. Wade ought to convince even the most idealistic person that human life is not the primary concern of those who are living. But how could we value human life and also engage in war or extreme sports, like driving to work, where we literally put our life on the line for excitement, money or honor? But guns have acquired a particular patina of evil. Nothing screams murder like a shooting. So, at least for the US and Canada, when we talk about murder, it is usually guns we are talking about. But there is no greater anomaly than people crying for disarmament and decrying how frightening the sight of a man armed with a high-powered rifle is, when the report brings out hundreds of men carrying high-powered rifles out in the open, roaming the streets, in broad daylight. The only significant difference is that the latter have the word police emblazoned on their clothing. Technically one of them could be the shooter. It is not the gun that is the problem, nor the color of the shooter, it is our perception. There is something going on inside people's heads and not just the head of the shooter but our own, as well. The fact that we cannot see how our perception twists the narrative does not make it less significant a factor. The narrative of the crazy white man full of hate makes for good reporting. The claim makes it appear as if we had a handle on the problem. But we are no closer to a solution than when mothers on welfare were blamed for the ills of society. Hate is a problematical concept. The person who is reportedly acting out of hate rarely feels what one might say is hate.
Mass shootings are often deliberate and done after extensive thought and planning. Shooting rarely target identifiable groups. There have been a few instances, as in the shooting of black people in Buffalo. The event is mentioned repeatedly because of its rarity. If we are going to try and explain mass shootings as an act of hate, it makes sense to make it about race. What kind of hate motivates a youth to kill children? The desire of the media to explain shootings by the narrative of hate makes it necessary for them to demonize white men. But unless the media suggests we are headed towards a race war, all other contrary evidence has to be quelled. Hate as an explanation for mass shootings has distorted the issue we face. What of all of the shootings in Democrat cities by black gang members? What of most mass shooters being Democrat? Outrage appears limited to a rare shooting of a black man by the police and the periodic mass shootings that are committed by white men. These are events that are disturbing, but they do not encompass the entirety of the problem. To dismiss the events as due to hate or its more pointed version, racism, is to avoid the contrary evidence, and more importantly, a solution. If the problem is hate, and hate is best exemplified by racism, the solution is to convince the most demented of persons to embrace a culture of love. If ending violence requires the Ku Klux Klan to love black people, we have no solution. Hate is not the problem, however. Hate is the victim's explanation for why she was harmed. Hate does not explain the oppressor's actions from the perspective of the attacker. It is all too easy to explain another person's actions from the point of view of the victim. We can attribute mean words and vile actions hatred for the victim. But we still do not understand the hate. The victim's narrative demonizes the criminal but explains nothing. Consider a white man that will not hire black persons to work in his store. Claiming the reason is racism is an easy answer. It is sufficient for the victim. But what if the store owner's wife had been brutally raped by a black man and she was under severe emotional turmoil? Is it still racism to not hire black men? Of course, it is, but this is why racism explains everything and nothing. Hate is a two-edged sword. If you loved me, you would not accuse me of hate. Hate is an answer used to explain everything one does not like in others. In the end the victim is left powerless, because if someone hates you, there is nothing you can do. If we are pinning our future success and happiness on the hope that people who hate us will learn to love us, we are setting ourselves up for a life of failure. To explain failure on their hate is to explain failure on our hate. If they need to love us, we need to love them. To blame failure on hate leaves only one option available to us, we have to turn hate into love. This is problematical as one can imagine. Love easily turns to hate. Hate does not turn to love. Love abused turns into anger and violence. But not always. If hate and racism does not explain violence, neither does love spurned. If we trusted a person to always do things right, we would never question them. If we trusted our neighbors to do the right thing, we would not need insurance or a justice system. If is because we lack faith in our neighbors, and they have none in us, that we have the institutions we have. All our civil structures exist due to a lack of faith, 
not just in God but in the people of God. War happens when nations so lack faith in the integrity of another country, they decide they have to take direct action. Imagine a world in which nations had absolute faith in the moral integrity of all other nations. A lack of faith translates into a lack of hope for the future. A man without faith resorts to desperate measures, using whatever means he has at his disposal. The prevalence of guns in the United States is a problem, because men without faith will resort to desperate measures. This means using the means closest at hand. But the problem is a lack of faith, not a particular means of acting out that hopelessness. What happens to the individual when he no longer trusts anyone, when his faith in humanity has been destroyed? The erosion of faith begins with one's parents. Parents who have lost faith in each other cannot model faithfulness to their children. What happens when the school system is found to be agenda-driven? When pupils are patronized and treated as pawns what does this do to their sense of security? What if the job and relationship prospects are less than zero? Not only will the youth not get the job or relationship he hoped for, but he will also be forced into a job and relationship he does not want. He knows what the result will be from witnessing what happened to his parents. It stands to reason that if we are to value life, something in it has to have a value greater than zero. If the value of the future is less than zero, it is unlikely anyone will invest in it. Murder is not a mystery if faith has been destroyed. The growth of victimhood and the calls for the state and various groups to right historic wrongs is a testament to a lack of faith in others. The wrong know the other person will not act with integrity and so rails against them. What does this do to young people who see enemies all around them? People feel betrayed. People scream for help from those whom they do not trust. The rectification is never enough, the restitution always inadequate. Victims are similar to the jealous wife. She sees infidelity in every glance or utterance. There is no placating a person who has lost faith, nothing will restore faith once lost. At some point violence is the only option. Harm is inflicted either against oneself or against others. Given a person with no faith in others as measured by their level of victimization, the question is not why this person murders or self-harms, the question is what other response is open to them? If you have absolutely no faith in anyone or any institution and you believe you are being victimized by everyone and everything and this will never change, what options do you have? The only recourse to violence is faith. People need something to believe in. People need someone to believe in. Regardless of what happens, there is someone they can trust. Take away people's faith and you take away everything they live for. If they have nothing to live for, why ought they or us live? It is a question we all ought to ask before we destroy the faith of our children.